touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. My, 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 my music hit me so hard. Makes me say, oh my Lord, thank you for blessing me. What am I to rock and do like this? It's just good when you know you're down. A super dope homeboy from the old... Turn your radio on, turn your radio on, and listen to the music in the air. Yes, let's see. I think I'll turn over to the loudspeaker. This is only a test. This radio station will remain on the air, day and night. Across the Thames Valley. Turn on the radio and let's have some music. Turn it on the way up. River. Turn it on the way up. Radio. Spread the word. Lunch. Lunch will keep us together. Make me some food, cause I wanna eat soon Just stop, cause I'm really hungry Stop, I can hear my tummy Look in the fridge and let lunch keep us together Welcome everybody to another Let's Do Lunch with me, Jenny Tishy. I am a registered nutritionist and an absolute foodie. I welcome a series of guests onto this show who are experts in their field, not always about food, but they're always related to food and nutrition. And today I am delighted to be able to welcome James Wilson, who goes by another name, a bit like me. Uh, I give my lunchbox doctor and James goes by Sleep Geek. He is a sleep behaviour environment expert who's developed an approach that helps people understand their sleep and assists them in making changes to their mindset and behaviour and to their environment to improve their sleep. Welcome, James Wilson. How are you doing today? I'm very good, thank you. Good. And did I get that introduction entirely correct? Is there anything else that we feel people ought to know about you? They'll find out in the next hour, of course, but anything that I may have missed that's really, really important at this stage? No, I think that's a good description. I think, the, obviously, being a sleep geek, people can't see me. I'm a man in glasses who knows a lot about sleep. That's a good summary of me, of me as a person. And like, do you know, actually, I first met James um, at some of the workshops that we do together, which may we may talk about today, but um, was he was wearing a T-shirt, I mean, full on a brand, what do you call it, consistency, you know, wearing a T-shirt with yourself on it, with the glasses, which I thought was wonderful. I thought, God, I'm never going to forget this guy, and I never did, so here he is on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think I've stopped wearing the T-shirt because I feel that was a bit of overkill. I feel like people, when I used to sit up at organisations, we both, and it's like, they're like, who are you? I've got, I've got my name on front. I'm, I like literally. You can't get this wrong. So you can't. You can't get this wrong. Where now? I think I've got a bit fed up wearing them t-shirts. So I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm trying to. I'm trying to transition away from being fully on brand when I when I when I go visiting places. Whilst you can change the t-shirt, you shan't go without the glasses. They no, seem... that's that's true. That's true. <laughs> Unlike me, when I was younger, I used to want to wear them. I used to go to the fashion stores to buy glasses that I could wear. And now, genuinely, I need them. I don't really like putting them on. Um, right. Anyway, we're here to talk about food and we're here to talk about sleep, of course. James, first obvious question is, do you sleep well? I sleep better. Um, I do this because I'm a poor sleeper. So I'm, I'm genetic. I'm, I'm predisposed to poor sleep. My mum was a poor sleeper. My grandpa was a poor sleeper. And I, um, and so I used to be awful, like really, really bad. I was a, uh, I was an academy footballer. And in my sort of, uh, my, uh, my, my academy football days, I would not sleep at night, worrying about training, lay in bed all day, 
thinking that that somehow would 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 give me the energy to uh, to perform. And then I'm here talking to you about sleep and not my professional football career, which would suggest poor sleep was part of it. So I used to have sort of two, three hours a, a night for two, three weeks of a massive crash and then start again, very driven by stress and anxiety. Um, and, and I just understand myself better now. So it was, it was, you know, I, I, I know what it feels like to sleep poorly and, and there is no, there is no cure for poor sleep. You know, I, 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 I want people to sort of, when I'm working with them, it's about understanding ourselves. It's about a toolbox that will, that will, um, that will help in the long term. but, but there's no cure. And, and I, I, one of the reasons I started doing this was that I got really frustrated with experts who were telling me it was my fault because they was, of course it's not them, they're doctors. It, it must be me, the, the idiot they're trying to help. And, and I must be not doing it right. And it was, it was very frustrating because there's this, the, a lot of expertise gives this sense that there's a, that there's, a, there's an end point to this, that, you know, insomnia free in a couple of weeks, um, Th- th- you know, sleep sleep well every night or like 30 day insomnia cure. It's just not true. And I think you, you set people up to fail and feel like they're a failure by promising stuff that, something that doesn't exist. So I, I collect other experts marketing spiel as a, as a little side hobby to then sort of, you know, to, to, to remind me why I'm doing this, that, that, you know, it, it's these, and I think often the, the experts themselves aren't doing it. They, they believe those things, but they're not poor sleepers. They don't understand like that. The, 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 what poor sleep is like. So to, yeah, to answer your question, I sleep better, but I do, you know, I've got, I've got kids. I've, I've, uh, I've got, I run a company. The, these things will, will generate poor sleep. I've had, in the past, I've had relationships break down. I've had, you know, we have, I've had issue, mental health, well, no, mental well-being issues. These things impact on your sleep. And it's not, it's, it's the same for me to sit here and go, yeah, every night I sleep perfect would, would just be me not telling the truth. So you mentioned better, two th- not, not perfect. You mentioned two things there I think are really critical. First of all, if you are a poor sleeper, and I'd imagine that people that listen into this um, and this particular episode will be people that want to know more about sleep either for themselves or others if you are a poor sleeper and you intimated there that stress and anxiety can contribute to poor sleep the last thing you want to do is have an expert point the finger of blame at you and the second thing you mentioned there is genetics and actually I think a lot of people don't always they try and take the blame and the responsibility totally on their own shoulders but actually there are genetics at play as there are with so many other forms of um let's say they're sort of you know forms of ill health i mean this is actually a form of ill health when we don't sleep well it affects every part of our daily lives um so yeah interesting we we should come back to those but i'm fascinated by the story of how you became the sleep geek if you could give us a little bit of background um, that would be wonderful so yeah, so I was a poor sleeper, as I've said, but for, but for me, the, there was a paradox that um, I was a poor sleeper whose family sold beds and mattresses. So it was, I was selling sleep products. I'd, I, I, my, my grandpa had started a, a bed manufacturer in the uh, 1940s originally. Well, it was a timber merchant wow. first, pine bed manufacturer, bed manufacturer, doing all these things around around sleep. My grandpa was where I inherited my poor sleep from. So we, in some ways it were, it were probably, when he had lots of time to make beds. Um, and and I, I, I used to sort of go around bed shops and, and look at mattresses and just, ask questions and then sort of realize that we're selling something that helps us supposed to help us sleep better, but we don't really understand sleep as, as people in that industry. So, so and, and then the other sort of thread of, of where, where I did came from was that we employed experts and we had some really, really, some really like experts who weren't very nice to poor sleepers. I've just said that it was poor sleepers fault. We had one in particular, a fellow who was, who was very misogynistic. So we at one point told some of our customers who were, who were mums, like it was their fault the kids didn't sleep because they were working. So, you know, had some lovely opinions on, on just, it just absolutely, um, absolutely just bonkers attitude to life. And it was just horrifically horrible to poor sleepers. And it was that moment of, 
I want to do something about it. So I trained, um, there's a charity local to me called the Children's Sleep Charity, who now um, they're called the Sleep Charity. I trained as a practitioner with them. I was quite involved with them from the start. Um, I worked a little bit with families. Most of my work with the charity was around teenagers, which is where, you know, we, we work in sports with teenagers. And, and I, I probably, that's how I keep my, my hand in with, with working with teenagers. And I, I love that work with, with a, you know, nothing is more challenging than a room full of teenagers thinking, what's this dipstick going to tell us there? Is that, is, <laughs> what do they know? That, is that, yeah, that's it. Exactly. So, and, and, and um, I, I start that, that's where I start my, 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 my practitioner training. I, I've, I've, you know, as I said, the family's been involved in sleep. So I've run a sleep shop. I sold products, not very good at selling the products, quite good at talking about sleep. Um, <laughs> and that was, that was where I sort of had that, that epiphany of that business didn't, didn't really work. And, and then started sort of like moved into working, working the work I do now. So, you know, I, I would describe myself as a sleep practitioner, um, working one-on-one with people, for, although less and less of that, a sleep educator working with with organisations, sports teams, talking about sleep and, and educating. Them. But an, but most importantly, an advocate for poor sleepers because it doesn't change. You know, just this week we've had clocks are changing, loads of stuff around poor sleep. Um, we've had you know we've had someone talking about um, a really respected, uh, like scientist from the states, we're talking about how poor sleep is going to give us all Alzheimer's. And it's just not what poor sleepers need. It just isn't, you know, there is a, there is a, there is a, a thread of truth in what she's saying, but there's so many other things that contribute to a, 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 something like Alzheimer's that to go, if you have less than six hours of sleep, you're going to get Alzheimer's just doesn't help people. It is really, really unhelpful. Yeah, that's, you know, and again, that kind of falls into that bucket of kind of a pill for an ill, um, that perspective yeah. on things that people, you know, like one thing is the cause and one thing is the solution. And as we well know, it isn't one thing. It's a whole host of things that come together to form that solution which is really important so I mean talking of which um, obviously I look at things from the nutrition perspective and you look at things from a sleep perspective there is a point at which those two things meet um, to what extent did a poor diet do you think affect your I mean not that I'm saying you had a poor diet but <laughs> but you know did your diet affect your sleep at any point or did you make that connection um, between diet and sleep when you were when you were starting to study sleep at a deeper level yeah, I think so. I think it's sleep and sleep and, 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 and diet and nutrition are really interesting. The sort of the interconnected relationship because poor sleep makes us hungrier and feel full, takes longer to feel full, and then 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 but then then sort of eating that, that kind of food that that we eat when we're hungry then means that we end up um, we end up uh, with sort of irregular energy levels, which leads to poor sleep. So we have like quite a cycle of of those two things being connected. So I think for me, what I often what I often feel is whenever I have a poor night's sleep. I, I crave those, those that, that energy hit because we're placing energy, really, aren't we? Where we've not slept well, and yeah. sometimes I've, I've learned to give myself a bit of a break on days where, where no. So don't I can I, I relax up on what I can and can't eat and don't beat myself up about it. So it comes back to that, you know. I think I think when when I'm working with people who are maybe trying to trying to um, eat, eat more healthily to to lose weight. And they're on a quite a restrictive diet, and and it's like just understand that if you slept poorly, it'll be harder to yeah. to do that hormones. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> and all like you know exactly, and 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 the way that the, the that our body works when it so, it, so I think it's it's people understanding the relationship between between diet and sleep. Um, you know, from a you know, and I think we I think we've talked about this in the past that at times people who are sleep experts want to be nutritionists, and people who are nutritionists want to be sleep experts, and it's it's understanding where your parameters of your knowledge lay. So if if someone I work with has, I can see there's an issue with the diet. It, it isn't that isn't I'm not going to start trying to trying to solve that problem in the same way for what someone who's been bereaved or is suffering from mental health problems or needs to exercise more. That they that isn't that isn't my job to, to help them do that. My my job is to say 
I think you need, there's an issue here that you need to go and work with someone as good as me um, in in, in that field. field. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. But again, you know, that's interesting. You mentioned that in a few weeks time, I've got a lady um, who is a grief expert. I'm going to be talking about nutrition in relation to that. So you're right. There's so many facets, aren't there, to the same thing. And there you were talking about um, ghrelin, or as I call it, my hunger gremlin. It's that ghrelin level, isn't it? That we produce more of one particular hormone that makes us want to eat more food when we haven't had enough sleep. And when we have, we have high levels of leptin which means that we feel nicely satisfied by the food we eat um so i guess i mean did you have it you know that there is that connection between um food and sleep i mean from your own perspective as a poor sleeper you said you know you've looked at you have seen a connection um but i mean if there's been specific things that you've changed in your diet or have you just eaten the same way and changed other behaviors in order to improve your own sleep I think, I think in terms of, in terms of me, one thing that I, I you know, and I think it's finding a, um, a, a way of eating that works for me. What I found was as a, as a poor sleeper, if I woke up like really early and I had my breakfast straight away, I'd end up eating like five meals in the day because I'm awake from five and trying to eat till 11. And what I found was actually trying to be more regular, regularly my eating patterns, no matter what time I woke up was, was, was massively helpful. I think, I think that was, that was something that, that has helped me quite significantly. Um, and try not to like. I think when 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 kids were younger and and think about meals close to bedtime. So one of the one of the ways diet and, and sleep interact is when we're digesting food. I call temperature risers to fall asleep and stay asleep when you're dropping cold temperature. And like meat sweats are a real thing. You know, when you're in bed and you've had like a curry and you're like, I'm boiling here. That is because your body's digest still digesting that food and and that that's a wake up thing. Digestion is a wake up thing. So your body isn't going to let you go to sleep. And you have that battle, that battle of sleep is an instinct. So your body's like, well, well, it's time for sleep. Let's go to sleep. You fall asleep, but you, then, you, then your body's like, well, we're still doing something. You better wake up and carry on. Until you have this sort of like dropping in and out of sleep and quite poor quality sleep. Um, so so it's, 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 it's understanding those, those things that, and sometimes it's understanding like, if I do this, I know it's going to affect my sleep. So I, I'm, I'm a great believer in I'm nobody's mother. So I'm not there to tell people what to do. And if you want to have caffeine just before you go to bed, Crack on, but it yeah. might be it's probably going to fit sleep. Go to if, town. if I choose, you know, <laughs> yeah, my, 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 my rock and roll lifestyle that, you know, I might have a glass of Coke late in the evening. If I do that, I know it's going to affect my sleep. So it's, it's, it's more, I, I make choices. I make choices that might be wrong now. Yeah. But I know what the impact's going to be. And, and generally trying to get it right. So don't eat too close to bedtime. Think about the meals that I'm having. Try and get that consistency of, even when if I do get up really early, don't be straight away like, well, I need to start eating something because... I know what happens then. And that, that, you know, it is that fact. I think poor sleepers and diet, that is one of the things that we often find is that is you're having six, seven meals a day because you're just that hungry and you're trying to replace the energy and you, 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 you're not even, you know, it's, it's grazing, but it's a constant flow of food that is not particularly healthy. Um, trying to deal with that, 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 just that shatteredness that you get from poor sleep. Yeah, do you know, actually, just reminding me of the kind of mind hunger um, or versus stomach hunger, like true hunger versus stomach hunger, I should say. Um, you know, so where you get that when you're, uh, I always think of it when I was younger and I'd be out and we had a park behind our house um, and we'd be out for hours playing there. And then when we got the call to come home for our tea, absolutely ravenous. And it didn't matter what food was put in front of us, we'd eat 
all of it and that's great and that's a lovely place to be but then you get this kind of hunger where you're not actually that hungry but it is something else telling you that you need more you need and it has to be something quite specific and you refer to it there you know when you are denied sleep generally it's going to be something that's going to give you a quick hit it's going to be that high carb high sugar um, it could be something caffeinated it could be a combination you mentioned you know the the good old coke or cola drinks um, there caffeinated sugary or even some of the you know the energy drinks that we get today and of course the work that we do with athletes there seems to be this almost they're targeted aren't they by a lot of the companies that produce these drinks and some of them can be having some of these um, teenagers can be having way too many I mean the work that you've done with teenagers uh, what do you see as the sort of main sleep problems there I'd love to hear your your experience in that area um, school start times, to be, to be brutally honest, is school start times. Now, our teenagers are designed, they are not lazy. We have a day that doesn't work for them. And, and I, I get really angry, passionate, whatever whatever you want to call it. I, I no, and, and I think it's, it's, and I feel for them. And I think it's, it's the people who are supposed to like advocate for them often don't because they're too worried about upsetting the government or upsetting schools because they're customers to them. So charity is that supposed to support teenagers' sleep of often trying to work within the parameters that, that exist. We need to do day-to-day, but society needs to change. We need to accept this idea that you know, an 8 o'clock start time for a 15-year-old is like me starting work at 6. So if they're getting up at 6 for that 8 o'clock start time, they are, start, they are starting their day at, equivalent to a 41-year-old man um, getting up at four and I'm a lark but I don't want to get up at four every day so I think I think if we the one thing we would should change for our teenagers is school start times and we work with athletes who are maybe getting up at half four in the morning and that again is is I understand why and I understand sort of the issues around it but we need to at least start having the conversations as to what can we do about this because it is it is so you know we need four things to live food water air and sleep and yeah. if anything is stopping you doing the other three, you know, if you had a, you had a condition which stopped you doing that, taking nutrients in, or you couldn't hydrate properly, you're straight in hospital. With sleep, it's like, you know, you know, we sort of it's seen as an option, and it's not. And 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 so, if we, we can blame phones, we can blame social media. In that, in it, that, that is that can contribute. But the we've created the day. Um, and, and we need to do, you know, we need to start telling our schools that we start later. We need to start telling, telling our teens it's not their fault and, and it needs, there needs to be more done and, and there isn't anything done at the moment. It, it's absolutely fascinating, that, isn't it? Because there have been studies done that have shown that children that do get to go to school later and stay until later, they perform better academically. Amazingly better. There was a, there was a guy, a, a chronobiologist actually became a head teacher of school in Teesside, did this for like, I can't remember, three, five years. Well, I've proven it. Mm. I'll just now go and like change government policy. And they just won't listen to him because, because it, it's difficult because you get, you get, you know, teachers don't want to change. Parents are used to this, 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 uh, process and it is secondary schools you know primary schools our, our sleep type is not the same uh, up, up to roughly 12 13 you know we, we the, a primary school kid can deal with a school start time that's that's earlier but actually they go to school later they normally start at nine and and, and we've we've gone slightly like i'm i'm you know when i was at school 25 years ago we started school at nine and our first lesson probably started about 20 past nine my my uh my stepson he starts at you know one one year in his school starts at i think he starts at quarter state is the earliest it's just too early. You know, it's too early. It's just too early. And, and we need to stop blaming like outlier stuff and start actually 
changing the, the structure of society. Yeah. And then also meal times. I mean, that's the other thing I've seen working with lots of teenagers, having two teenagers myself. And we talked about the regularity of meals. But again, that isn't always the case. I mean, I know that sometimes, you know, they don't even have time for breakfast because to your point, they're quite typically more like owls as when they're teenagers, which means they like to go to bed yeah. later, they wake up later. They don't really leave enough time for a meal before they start their school day. Then there's this not this lack of opportunity because maybe they're doing something active at lunchtime or something, some club or, or actually maybe extra lessons at lunchtime. And there doesn't seem to be the emphasis on, you know, what the behaviours that allow consistency, the behaviours that allow regularity and for their meals, at least, and certainly not as far as their sleeping behaviours would ultimately be concerned. That's slightly an issue as well, isn't it? Oh, well, that, it's, long, it's a long time, isn't it, from six o'clock in the morning till like half 12 where they might be having a lunch. And, yeah. and, and they're not really giving it. And, and all they're told is like, we, we, all right, to solve that, we're going to ban, we're going to ban energy drinks. All right, so, but, but what, but what are you going to do then? What, so what, how are you going to give them a chance to, to fuel properly during the day? So it is that, it is that like, I know why I think, I think all of his lunchtime is like half 12 to quarter past one. He finishes school at quarter past two. That's, that's ridiculous. So he gets, he gets like, he gets 45 minutes just as he's about to finish. It just isn't, it doesn't make sense in any way, shape or form. And when we're talking about like mental health crisis in schools and we're talking about obesity crisis in schools, we're just, we're just two, two things that clearly would contribute to both of them in terms of a more a, a chance to fuel properly and a chance to sleep properly we, we can we can spend millions and millions of pounds that they're talking about doing awareness campaigns and people get trained as mental health first aid practitioners or sleep well-being champions that's great but could we just actually like get some structural issues sorted first because that that is that is what is needed yeah, and it's got to be all, like you say, brought together, hasn't it? So there's the change in the school day. Uh, there's the regularity, the opportunity to eat and eat well, because, I mean, some of the school canteen food isn't necessarily the best. Um, but th- but also this emphasis on sleep, because I don't think it is um, something that is focused on, you know, sufficiently well. But look, um, we're just going to take a brief break here. And then, James, when we come back, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about um, some of the cases, the people that you've worked with. You know, how bad can it get, I suppose, is the question. <laughs> we'll be back after that. Turn the radio on. Turn your radio on and listen to the music in the air. Yes, let's see. I think I'll turn over to the loudspeaker. River Radio. Hello? This is only a test. This radio station will remain on the air, day and night. Across the Thames Valley. Turn on the radio and let's have some music. Turn it on the way up. River. Turn it on the way up. Radio. Spread the word. Okay, welcome back. This is me, Jenny Tishi, with Let's Do Lunch. And today we're talking all about sleep and nutrition. We're here with the sleep geek, James Wilson, who is a sleep environment and behaviour expert. Um, James, tell us some of the surprising ways in which poor sleep can affect people. The reason I'd like to ask you this question is that I think for many, many years, decades, centuries even, the role of sleep has been uh, underestimated in terms of our overall health and well-being. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on how poor sleep can affect our overall health and well-being. Well, I think, I think sleep's one of the foundational things. So it's it's um, during, during deep sleep, we recover physically. So it's where our muscles uh, will, will grow, where we repair injuries. So the, the, the sports people work with, for example, deep sleep is incredibly important to, to them being a uh, to them being fit. And a really good example of that is it's so sleeping pills steal deep sleep. Sleeping pills are sedative. They're not sleep. It's not sleep you get on sleeping pills. So a lot of people I work with, when they, when they, you know, there's a bit of a sleeping pill issue within sports often. 
and they're the people with niggly injuries because actually that by by stealing that deep sleep you don't get that that recovery sleep that then means you fully recover all the time and then you've got a uh, REM sleep which is where we consolidate memory so we remember like what's happening a day you know so we're, when we're at school we thought I'll cram the night before an exam and do a strength exam and it'll all be there and I'll be able to remember worst thing we can do worst thing we can do it uh, might explain my two two at degree level in fact um in, in many ways but it, it, so so like sleep is important to, to memory and that no that's both muscle memory and 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 the sort of the, the memory working memory um and then and then also emotional resilience is where, where so when you've had poor sleep you find it hard to regulate your emotions and i think all poor sleepers know this um those those days where you slept poorly you're just waiting for someone to say something that you can blow at so it might be your partner kids Familiar. colleagues Random strangers walking down sleep. Like, and, and, and I think we see this again in sport or in politics, for example, where press conferences, someone's under a lot of pressure. And I, I, can, I can remember, I think it was Sheffield Wednesday manager once started shouting about lobsters and threw a 20 pound note at a journalist. That's poor sleep. That is poor sleep. That is where, you know, you, you struggle to regulate emotions. So we don't get to see poor sleep often publicly, but that's where you see it. And I think you can, you, you, it's so important to that emotional regulation is so important to like laying a foundation that allows us to be be mentally well and i think in, in particular i think the relationship between sleep and and mental well-being and health is incredibly important and again it's one of those things where you know insomnia is always seen as a symptom of mental health issues more and more we understand the interconnected relationship actually research a lot of research shows if you address the insomnia the mental health issues diminish quite significantly as well. So rather than kind of addressing the mental health issue through through um, a talking therapy or through um, drugs you might want to start with the insomnia because because when we've got that foundation of, of better better sleep, we can then move on to deal with the rest of the world in a, in a way that allows us to to, to just be, be be ready, but like more more just ready and resilient to deal with whatever life throws at us. That's an interesting point you make there about the connection between um, low mood and mental health issues and sleep. Um, obviously, from my knowledge, um, I'm thinking about the production of serotonin and melatonin here. We quite commonly people with depression and low mood will be prescribed SSRIs, which are, yeah. you know, the role of which is to increase serotonin, serotonin being a precursor to melatonin. So you mentioned that um, sleeping pills are more like, a, well, they are a sedative and they don't actually allow for deep sleep. They steal deep sleep is what you said, which is fascinating. Um, writing all of this down, by the way. Uh, and But the second thing you mentioned was, um, uh, or the third thing that I would like to ask is about SSRIs. In your experience, so anti-depression uh, medication, does that help or hinder um, people's sleep? It, it, it's it, it's very much individual. I think it's very much it depends on 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 the individual. I've known people where when when they've gone onto SSRI antidepressants, the the, the the sleep's improved. But then I'm working with them. So is it that like, this is it? It's it's, it's hard to Which know. One is it? Yeah. Yeah, what what it is, but I've also known people where where symptomatically it, the the, the sleep poor sleep's got worse for for a period of time. And again, I'm working with them, and that and that improves. So I I, I think it's they, they they can, and and I think this is where the things we do, whether whether it's your work in nutrition or, or my work in, in sleep, it is about the individual. So it is trying to sort of work out of the individual what what works what works for them. Like I I know I know when we often get people sleeping better, they can reduce. You know, they can go back to the doctor and say, "I'd like to have a go at reducing my antidepressants um, now because I'm, I feel like I'm 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 more easy, I'm more able to to yeah. deal with that change." Um, but it is it is, it is I've, I've had different experiences with it, and 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 I'm generally working with people who are already on antidepressants. Yeah, if, if they have got 
mental health issues. Okay, and then they come to you secondarily yeah. for, for sleep help. Um, because like you say, whilst one might be more addressable by medication, the other certainly isn't. It's not helping with sleep and certainly not reaching deep sleep. What's the worst case uh, you've ever worked with? I mean, without obviously giving any way details or personal information, but no. just to give us a flavour for the sorts of things that you get to deal with in your job. There's, I think, like, so I think if, if we, if we, if we look at it in two different ways, so from a bit like terms of behavioral sleep issues, um, there's, there's quite a commonality between people who are, who are not sleeping well. But I've got a good example of a lady who I work with who, um, like many poor sleepers, she'd done everything and she'd had, she had actually had, you know, she'd sadly experienced abuse within the bedroom as a child. Wow. And, and so that, that place becomes somewhere that is, Frightening, and actually, sleeping well is about feeling emotionally and physically secure. Sleep is a very much an emotional thing, and I think this is where we can talk about sort of the, the hormonal changes. We can talk about melatonin, and we can talk about the science behind it. Ultimately, if you feel physically and emotionally secure, you 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 sleep better. So, if you've ever been in a relationship where it's not it's not the best, you find your sleep worse because sleep's quite an intimate thing, and you end up sleeping next to someone who you don't like. That's not going to help you sleep. So, so I think I think it's it's that sleep is is is, is very very personal and when something's happened to, to break that relationship where you don't feel emotionally and physically secure sleep is very difficult so she she and she was getting two three hours a night she was a single mom it sort of kicked in when her daughter was born and and she, i think her daughter was about three or four and I started working with her um and she tried everything she changed the mattress and she actually i i she i was it was in a, i was thinking, I, was thinking I, was, I think i was working in a company and it was a drop-in appointment but i did it by the phone and she kind of like i think she was asking about like a bedding product will this bedding help me and I like, often when I have that conversation, I know I'm from that background, but, and, and I, you know, I would definitely say if you, if your mattress is the issue, you can meditate till the cows come home. It won't help. You've got to solve the issue, but her problem wasn't a bedding. It was, it was a mindset and it was the way she saw herself. So it was unpicking. So she tried everything. How many poor sleepers do she tried cutting out caffeine? She tried not drinking alcohol. She tried not using a phone before bed. It would cool. It would dark. She bought an expensive mattress. She bought an expensive pillow. She bought expensive bedding. She'd done her own with therapy. She drink, she drank milk that had valerian in it. She'd, she'd done everything and it wasn't working. And she, and it, like, when I started talking to him, like, well, try this. I've tried that. And after my messages began, tried it with me. And, and I think our job is, is more about, it's less about the knowledge and more about the ability to coach someone through something that's quite difficult. And yeah. I think that's where, where, where we, we excel and why we're very good at what we do. And, and it was, it was sort of changing that story that she had, that she was a poor sleeper. It was all her fault to showing her that she, she was a single parent bringing up a kid who would, who would experience some, some terrible things in her life and was doing a good job. Yeah. So actually when she was worried about not sleeping well tonight and getting anxious and, and it, like any poor sleeper, it was experienced poor sleep, that loneliness of insomnia where you might be laying next to someone, but you don't matter. You are the loneliest person in the world. And it is a horrific feeling. And you taste the adrenaline often. You can taste it because you're that worried. You, 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 you know, you're sort of in a state that is, you've heightened anxiety and stress levels. And she was doing that. And it was sort of just explaining that, that she might be poor at sleeping. No, no, and we can report sleeping because of genetics, as we discussed. You can report sleeping because of um, because of, of things we've experienced, because of a bereavement, maybe, or we've gone through a relationship breakup, or you no, know, or, or our lifestyle doesn't allow us to be so shift workers. You know, for example, that that you no, know, they can't eat properly, they can't they can't exercise properly, they can't sleep properly. But whatever the reason is, you might be a poor sleeper, but but you are brilliant at being tired. You're world class at it. You, you've 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 done it time and time and time again. So why are we why are we beating ourselves up? Why are we telling ourselves we're rubbish? And for me, that was my epiphany. 
Yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm actually brilliant at being tired. So it, it was, it was changing that. And it was a 25 minute conversation and it doesn't normally happen like this. This is where, you know, this is where I sound like the best sleep expert in the world ever. Um, it was a 25 minute conversation and she sent me a message on Twitter a couple of days later saying I've had eight, seven, eight hours sleep for the last four nights. And then about three weeks later, she sent me a message saying, I've just passed my theory driving test that I've been trying to do for the last four years. That's brilliant. And, uh, and, and, and her description of me was, you are the God of sleep. Now I ain't said that. So uh, let's be, let's, <laughs> I'll take it though. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that as a, so it's one of my testimonials. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know what? That That's such an important um, perspective on all of this, isn't it? I mean, you know, we are each experts in our field and someone, someone has a health issue and they want to address it. I mean, that lady, what she tried everything. She threw everything that you would read about in a book at it but what you discovered from a short really relatively short chat with her is that fundamentally underlying all of this was a connection a bad association with the sleep environment and actually by changing that up by moving around by I mean it didn't exactly I mean did she change where she was sleeping did she change the environment what did she do to move forward she yeah she relaxed before bed more so she she saw the time she so we we um we we under, we helped understand who she was asleep as what's her need what's her type and then we we changed like I think I got her going to bed a bit later because she was going to bed too early for for her sleep for her sleep a chronotype a sleep type um, and got her to sort of spend that time rather than being like a, a, a stressed relax like I, I won't use my phone I won't do this like lots of don't like within sleep lots of don'ts I won't I won't I won't don't do that don't do this actually what are you going to do simple thing is you got to drop your heart rate so you just need to be focused on dropping your heart rate you know simple thing is you need to drop your core temperature focus on having a bathroom shower for example so it, it can be as simple as swapping question time for your favorite comedy you know it's it is it, is the content you're consuming going to help you relax or is it going to help you be stressed is it going to make you more stressed your body your body will only do what it, what it thinks you want to do people wake up at two o'clock in the morning to have a worry because your body thinks that you want to wake up at two o'clock in the morning to have a worry when we convince our bodies that no we don't want to do that then it, it works with so you my i'm a as, a as an individual i always sort of talk about i'm a i'm a i'm a, I'm a bit i'm a little bit lazy i like working with people's natural rhythms so shift work is, is hard and when we work with sports people that's a bit harder because it's actually they could be good sleepers but they're doing stuff that isn't helpful for sleep so if i can get people into their natural rhythm so i got them into a natural rhythm i got i got thinking about about just sort of more, a couple of simple things i'm a great believer in nudges in behavior change so rather than going don't use your phone how do we use our phone in a way that's more conducive to good night's sleep so we teenagers for example we we take our we take our teenagers phones from them we could give it them at five to entertain them a device and we take it off them at 13 and go yeah you're not having this anymore because you are watching it before bed and that's your fault well now could we just find something on the device that helps them relax loads of stuff on there so it's i'm a great believer in in, in sort of small behavioral changes lead to massive changes in our in our behaviors and 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 that's what with her that's what i did the yeah. little things calmed, calmed it all down you know uh, she probably regretted spending like thousands of pounds on all these uh gadgets gizmos and, and things like that but we got her there and i think that's and it's a toolbox she'll have had poor sleep again but but we've, we she now understands herself and she can apply these things to her, her own life better. i love that i love that so the, the phrase you use was to nudge you know as far as behavioral change is concerned you like to nudge people in the right direction i think that's absolutely brilliant and particularly where teenagers can teenagers are concerned because they want to be in control their behavior has to be of their own doing of their own making their own whatever and so if you give them the control back and say well actually you know you might you might want to have a little look at this but I'm not telling you not to do it I'm not taking your phone away I mean I have to say in our household we've been big believers in that we're not actually ever taking the phones away but showing through um, 
example, not to put your bedroom, not to put your phone in your bedroom, having it in a completely separate room, um, switching off earlier, you know, um, and trying not to go on it before you go to bed. But equally, if they are going to use it, what can they use it for? That's a positive that's actually going to help with sleep. I must ask you about the genetic side of things. I'm fascinated by that. So, um, in the cases that you work with, I mean, can you give a rough idea of like the percentage that you think is genetics? Because when I look at the stats, we used to, back when even in the 1940s into the 1950s, we used to get a lot more sleep as a population, and certainly in this country, than we do now. So obviously a lot has changed in the things that we do, our behaviours, blue light, uh, TVs, screens, etc. But you talked about your history and your family going back, poor sleepers going back to your grandparents, was it? So obviously there is a genetic link there, regardless. Yeah, and, and often I'll ask people about the families because I think there's, there's, there are, you know, I was actually talking to someone this week about um, a gene test that they've done that I told them they were, they were, they were, they actually sent the message on Instagram saying, I've, had, I've done a genetic test and it says I'm a rubbish sleeper, so I'll just give up all hope. And that's <laughs> the problem with it. That actually, yeah, yeah, no. And, and, there is, you know, there is, there is a short sleep gene where, and that is more you can, you, you don't get the negative um, health impacts of short sleep, and it's probably not point not five percent of the population, or maybe even less, have that gene. Ninety five percent of business leaders believe that they're that person because they are superhuman. That's always quite interesting. Oh, I've read this cycle, James, about that, and uh, I think I'm that. You're probably not, um, but, but I want to be. That, so, no, that, <laughs> Yeah, you might want to be, but you're probably not. Um, and it's it's that kind of so. I think it's 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 often asking the questions around it with sleep. I am where sleep differs. I think from say like nutrition and exercise is that we can't force it. So the one thing you can't do is force sleep. The harder you try and say, and we have this in sport where the people we work with are so high performing, so committed, and so like they want to win at everything that when you say actually sleep is something you can't win at, that you just need to actually relax or understand yourself and relax up a little bit. That's quite um, alien to them as a, as a concept. And that's where often I'm, I, I'm sort of um, trying to trying to get them to see it like their mental health as opposed to their, 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 their nutrition plans that they're given because it's, they are, everything's regimented in a way that you can't do with sleep. And actually by doing it like that, you, you sleep far, far worse. And, and it's, it's, it's that, that's, that's the, the, the difficulty. So genes is, is an interesting one. And I try and, as much as possible, I don't. I, I, I try and I try and avoid poor sleepers going down the rabbit hole of understanding that part of them too much. So trackers, you know, genetic tests, these things don't help us as poor sleepers. We know we're poor sleepers because we can feel it when we when we are in our day. So the best way to know if have you slept well is do you feel alert and active at ten eleven in the morning? Because in your body's natural cycle, that's when you should. And if you don't, you've probably not had enough sleep. So actually, stop stop tracking because like the amount of like it's particular jobs as well. And I work within within like say like law. I go into a law, a law firm. Everyone will come out with the the, the the phones. Go, James, that's my sleep. Sorry out. And like, but that's not because because their job is so about definites and so about you're right and wrong. That that when you actually get into something like sleep, which is which is harder to control. Like he talks about control control mechanisms. You, you, the more you try and control, it's like a. I always see sleep as like um, a bucking bronco. You know, you 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 you're trying to sit on it, and it will it you, it will find a new way of chucking you off every single time. <laughs> <laughs> Great the analogy. more you understand that Bronco, the more you understand it, the 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 the, the better you get at riding it. But you're never going to stay on all the time. So I think it's it's seeing it like that and and understand your your what you've it's like it's what you've inherited. I'd love to do who do you think you are, but it's about sleep. Let's yeah. all, let's go back through people's uh, <laughs> through people's uh, family histories and 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 it is like you know we 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 both work in well being. Well being is that it's it's what we what we inherited, whether it's behaviours we've learned or in our in our genes. And, and and what we can do about it. Philip Larkin was right. Your parents mess you up. And our job 
as, as well-being experts is to un- undo that po- those problems. Thanks, Mum. Thanks, Dad. I love that. I've got this image now in my mind of a bronco whisperer, you know, like the horse whisperer, but you have to calm that bronco down, work out what it is. Why is it trying to buck you off each time? And how can you control it? How can you calm it down? It's a really interesting um, perspective on things. I mean, I think about chronotypes as well. Are they, from your perspective, are they genetic, would you say? I mean, I know oh, our yeah. family is a direct split down the middle, even though I have two teenagers. One is bizarrely still a lark um and so am i um but the other one the other one very much isn't and i don't think she ever will be she wasn't even as a baby she was she was an owl so um yeah and my husband the same definitely an owl so here we're talking about those that lie in uh, want to lie in longer but can't because the school day the work day doesn't allow them to so they're always slightly tired they're more accident prone as well aren't they owls because our you know day-to-day kind of timetable doesn't suit owls at all um but does suit larks but but anyway back to the genetics do you find chronotypes are, are genetically um passed down as well yeah definitely and and you see it so my my i think put my my poor sleep came from my uh my mum my mum and my my mum's dad my grandpa and that and that was we were all we were all quite larkish um with it within our 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 chronotypes and and it you know so when I work when I used to work with families it'd be like well we've done it we've done the same thing with that one and it sleeps fine and that one doesn't you're like yeah so you were good sleeping no not but I am but 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 they aren't well there you go that, that that's that's the issue the, the, so it's it's all sort of I think that the two things to understand about ourselves as individuals that will help us sleep better is how much good quality sleep do we need to feel alert and active at ten eleven in the morning so it's how much sleep do we need for us sleep need is not just about quantity. It's also quality. Can't measure quality very easily. Quite re- actually, with no definition of quality within within sleep, within the sleep world, the sleep science. So there's no actual definition of what sleep quality means. Um, I, I would those do, lawyers I'm, don't like that. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, how do you feel? No, it's it's about you know, sleep is about feeling. So how how do you feel? Um, so your sleep need is made up made up of quantity and quality. We judge it on quantity, and that's why saying if you don't get six hours sleep, you're going to get Alzheimer's. That's you know, you've got no idea how well those people slept. You know, you have no idea. And I think that's really dangerous way. So we need to understand that. And then chronotype, because the 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 biggest mis- the biggest sort of solution I offer often to people is if you're an owl, you need to go to bed later. Like, yeah, but I need to get up at six and I need eight hours sleep. Do you need eight hours sleep? Have we thought about that? And then I need to go to bed at 10, but you can't. And actually what you're doing to bed is you're going to bed at 10. You'll lie there for an hour and a half tossing and turning. You might fall asleep about half past 12. It'll be, it'll be really, really poor quality sleep. You'll wake up at six, feeling dreadful. If you go to sleep at 11, you might actually fall asleep at quarter past 11, have better quality sleep for that time that you sleep and, and feel better. And, that, and it's getting away from this sort of like one size fits all, I need eight hours sleep. Um, it, it's not true. It's just not true. And and chronotype is, is a window of opportunity when you are most likely to fall asleep and stay asleep. It's a window of opportunity when you're more likely to wake up naturally. The world, yet, yeah, like you said, I, one of the, you know, it's not just teenagers who are owls. I, I, I got a little bit uh, annoyed on social media a couple of weeks ago, but the um, win the morning, win the win the day sort of attitude, that seems to, that, that the idea that if you win the morning and go up at five o'clock and go for a run or go for a swim or go for a jog, then you've won the day somehow. And that's not right at all. Win the, win the day by sleeping well. You know, yeah, that's the best way you, to win the day. For you. And that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's understanding yourself. Um, brilliant. Right, we're going to take another brief uh, pause here. But James, we're going to have a little chat afterwards about who you work with now. I'd love to hear more about that. So back in a moment. The voice of the Thames Valley. River Radio. I think I like it. Uh, you give one quick twitch and the thing is done. Welcome back. This is me, Jenny Tishi, and this is Let's Do Lunch. Uh, this is a, 
a show all about nutrition and food. And today we are welcomed by, we're welcomed by, we're welcoming uh, the sleep geek, James Wilson, who is a sleep behaviour and environment expert. And we've been talking all about how important it is to understand yourself and your own sleep and your genetics, yes, but understand what it is you need to do going forward. But now we're going to talk a little bit about the work that you do currently, James. I mean, who typically do you work with today? Really, it's, it's, it's mostly organisations and sports teams. So if I work with individuals, it's, it's within those those settings. So it's, it's people who work for the companies or the, or the sports teams I work, I work with. So I've worked with everyone from, I've worked with a couple of governments. I worked with the UAE government in Dubai. I worked with their Ministry of Happiness, um, which is like they're basically they have a Department of Wellbeing within within the country. And that was great, a, a great experience. I've worked with the government in the Isle of Man. Um, I've, I've worked with uh, brands like the last couple of weeks. I worked with Stagecoach. I've worked with a part of Nestle. Um, I work with quite a few big retailers, like I said, law firms. Um, I, I have worked with uh, both Coca-Cola, Hellenic, and Red Bull, and I get the irony of working <laughs> with those two companies and being a sleep expert. But it's but again, you know, it's that supporting staff, pop, you know, supporting the, their their people properly, and and sort of. Um, I, I'm a great believer in, in, like I said, I'm not anyone's mum, so I like Coca-Cola, so I will have a Coca-Cola. I just have it. I know I'll understand the impact that has on my body when they do. Um, so taking think, responsibility, by the sounds of it, isn't that key? exactly? Yeah, that taking responsibility. So that's, what, that's what I do. So I think it's. Um, I think yeah. Within sports, obviously, we both work with uh, with sports. They do an amazing charity, and and pretty much anyone who wins medals. Um, Golf events, champ- tennis events, it, 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 people have heard of. We, you know, they've come through Sports Aid, and, and like the work they do is 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 um, is brilliant. I think, I, I've, and, and I think that multi-sport approach. Um, I'm actually the company I, I'm a co-founder of, Being Well. Um, we're a well-being company, and, and we we are. Uh, we we work we we we're based at the English, English Institute of Sport in Sheffield, so we our offices is, is uh, we, we look over the in, in the indoor track at, at, out of our window in the office. Love um, that. But I look. I love approaches that I like. I love that about the AAS and sports leagues that the, the multi-sport sort of bringing sports together so different sports can learn off each other. And, and, and it's such a, the, the, when you go to the EIS there, where they've got boxing, they've got like wheelchair basketball, they've got um, netball, they've got all these different sports that people like, the, the, the mixing, the, the mingling, the, the learning off each other. And I think that's a really, really interesting way to do it. I worked in football a lot. I was, I was the first ever, I believe the first ever measured sleep intervention in football. We, we did it with, Rotherham United about four seasons ago, um, and they were 13th in League One when I started working with them, and they did get promoted at Wembley at the end of that season. So I, I am taking full credit. Full I've, responsibility I've, I've had, for that, yeah. <laughs> I've had quite, I've, I've had four promotions in my time in football um, over over four seasons um, with different. I, I was involved with Sheffield United the season they got promoted to the Premiership, been involved in Lincoln City when they got promoted. I've had a couple of relegations. Clearly not my fault. They just weren't. <laughs> They weren't good enough. Um, and I'm actually, hopefully, I, 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 I can't say which team it is, but I'm hopefully going to be working with a WSL team this season. Um, and they are, that, that'll be the first time that I, I think a women's football team has actually had an embedded sleep expert. So, it, and this is, I, I get asked quite a lot. So what, what do people do in sport um, as teams and governing bodies around sleep? And actually, I think there's only Rotherham with me and, um, and Brentford, who have an embedded sleep expert in 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 their in their sort of in their their, their, their armory of of uh, expertise for, for sport and that is just I think amazingly just I don't, I don't want to be horrified or amazed but so we, we can get people getting neuro, neuro, neurologists in to look at how free kicks are working and people throwing coaches and things like that and actually they ain't got they ain't got a sleep expert involved um, quite you know, fundamental to the number one recovery tool within within sport is. Um, it's, it's, it's just it's, missing, it's, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, just missing, and it's 
and, and it's sort of like no nutrition's there, but often it's not in that way it's connected to sleep. I've, 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 stopped, I've started to read more when they're traveling. There's a bit more um, connecting those two things together and 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 the, their schedules, when they're going to eat, when they're going to sleep, when they're going to travel. That's good because we start to see that kind of change of, mm. of understanding that it's not just about refueling. It's about the full recovery of, it, of, of an individual. And absolutely is. And it, it, it amazes me, actually, that it isn't one of the things that gets prioritised. But what you have seen is this, I mean, it sounds to me from the work that you've done, you know, the initial early adopters would be those corporations where you know, probably there's more money to focus on this as an area football where there's more money to focus on this as an area and as people have cottoned on to the fact that gosh it really does improve your performance it really does improve your perception your memory your concentration levels your energy levels you know so much more can be achieved if people recover and recuperate well and we put like you say we have probably put that focus particularly in sport on things like nutrition and on fitness and well-being and physio and everything else but sleep's only just sort of come onto the agenda but if you look at all of those different areas that you work in they're really different aren't they you've got sports people you've got younger people older people you've got high performing um, business people and yet there are commonalities what would you say are the most common reasons for poor sleep regardless of who you're working with and we, I think we're all human, aren't we? So I, don't, I think we have this approach that's, that's similar to in, in that people are, it's a person who happens to play football. It's a person who happens to do shift work. It's a person who happens to run a company. It's not, I am a footballer. And and, and I think I think as a sport, football in particular has that attitude of somehow it's different. It's not. We're all human and it all works in the same way. So the most common things are trying to force it, you know, trying to make yourself go to sleep at a time that doesn't work for your, your natural rhythm. That ain't going to work. It's just not going to work. I think not understanding like a consistent wake up time is really important because one of the systems that might, that drive sleep is a is a sleep pressure that builds up during the day. So sleep is very much like thirst. It's it build the longer you go without sleep, the sleepier you get. And and if we if we can if we can curate that um that uh, that pressure, if we can, it's, it's like a see it like a hedge. You've got to trim it a little bit. You've got to get it just right. But if you can get that, get it, get it, get it. Focused on, on where you're on, on, on being consistent, consistent wake up time, try and not have a line of more than an hour and a half, no line if possible. And, and that will give you consistent sleep time because your body then starts to feel I'm waking up at this time, I'm getting lots of natural light, I'm having regular eating patterns, I'm doing some exercise, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe doing some meditation and some breathing, I'm, I'm relaxing before bed and now I'm going to sleep. Brilliant. Perfect, perfect sleep routine. So I, I think it's that. it's looking at yeah, it's looking at and 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 like that mindset. You know, if you're poor sleeper, you might it might whatever's causing it. I think that, again, in sleep expertise, there's an idea that everyone who's a poor sleeper is like willfully doing it. That we're doing it on purpose. That we're all Gordon uh, Gecko in Wall Street sleeps for wimps. You know, it's that kind of that, and that's not true. Most poor sleepers know that poor sleep is a, is an issue in their life. They can feel it. So telling them that it's going to damage their health just doesn't doesn't work. So so um, you know you can't change that. But like I said, you, you might be a poor sleeper, but you are brilliant at being tired and, and celebrate. It's it, what it's it's my poor sleep and why I'm a poor sleeper is part of why I'm so good at what I do. And and it's the yin to the yang of being 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 really really good at this. And and, it, and you know, it, poor sleepers generally have that sort of that brain that is trying to solve problems. It's 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 we we've always got something. Going in our heads that is you know we're quite we can be quite creative that that the, 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 the support the poor sleep it, 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 the, what makes me a poor sleeper also makes me a brilliant human and i think it makes it's, you it's, who you are yeah 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 brilliant it's, it's linking it's linking it to that and that's that's you no know, that that's where well-being goes wrong sometimes i think i think sometimes it's all very structured 
it's all do this one thing you know we, we're, we're experts in a field where we get often get asked what's the one thing and and they're in yeah, there isn't one simple thing, is there? I mean, uh, you know, one of the things that I think is really clear from talking to you is sleep is an issue that cannot be forced. It's not something about which we can say, I'm going to do this one thing and it's going to cure me of my insomnia or it's going to improve my sleep dramatically. So we can't force it. But there are things that we can do. You mentioned, for example, consistency. So, you know, we talk about it within the world of nutrition, having this consistent approach. You talk about it in the world of sleep. So don't go changing things dramatically from day to day. Would you say that's an important aspect? Not lying in. I I think that's really important, isn't it? Because again, as a culture, I think we have this idea that we work. And again, you see it in nutrition. I'll eat brilliantly from Monday to Friday, and then I'll screw everything up on Saturday and Sunday and just go completely off piste. And the same with sleep, you know, Saturday and Sundays when I'll catch up. That's not what we should be doing. We shouldn't be in deficit for the rest of the week. Do you see that as a common pattern in all of the people that you work with? Not all necessarily, but quite a large people, quite a large. Quite, quite a lot. Yeah, quite a lot. And I think that idea of kind of catching up, like this idea we've got a debt to pay off. When, when we sleep poorly, there are detrimental health impacts. When we start to sleep well again for, for, for a bit, bit of time, you, you, the, the the detrimental impacts are reversed, it, but it's not like you've got a debt. Like I like the, 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 what we can often do is we say I need eight hours sleep, so you get seven hours fifty nine minutes and fifty nine seconds. I had enough, and that's the probably that kind of like. And I think when pe- when people are dif- definite about in their lives and the, you know control is is a thing like an issue often that that you're not you know you're not gonna you're not gonna it's not seven hours, 59 minutes and 59 seconds isn't, isn't, um, isn't bad. And this isn't people's fault. This is what we've been told by you know, the amount of research done into how much sleep we need. It, it, it really, I, I get very, very frustrated by it because it makes me a little bit sad that it's easy research to do and it, you're getting the papers off it, but are you actually contributing anything to helping people sleep better? You, you're generally just making things worse. So you'll get, you know, seven hours, 34 minutes and 27 seconds is the optimum time we need to sleep. What? Um, there was one, a bed company did a, a, a promotional thing around the, the amount of sleep we need to lose weight is eight hours and 12 minutes. So what, eight hours in the 13 minutes, we, we, we're putting weight on. Is that is that what you're actually claiming? And this is some of the, the, the absolute drivel. And they'll, they'll have a, a, a friendly sleep expert giving it a thumbs up next to that kind of research, which doesn't help anybody because yeah. the, the, you know, they, they've got a responsibility. Now, I come from a product background, so I can some, I, I know... Uh, it's a bit I'm, I'm poacher term gamekeeper i i might know the lies that mattress companies tell you about about products and, and what those might be so i i'm very careful about brands that i uh, associate with for that very reason and i think it's it's because because there's a lot of there's a lot of sleep washing goes on there's a lot of guff a lot of cods wallop a lot of like you know stuff that is not true said about sleep to, to sell to sell products and we have to be we have to be quite careful of that yeah absolutely and that's why I love the fact that you're focusing on both the behavior and the environment and you know the example you gave of the worst case you've ever worked with earlier on in this show absolutely pinpoints that that it was a short conversation and it, it turns out that this person that had done absolutely everything and probably spent lots on product realized that it was a small behavior that was at the very core of the issue which I think is absolutely spot on um so, uh, James, we are nearly at the uh, the end of this show. So I need to ask you a few questions. I mean, bring it back to food a little bit um, here with your death row meal, please. What would it be? It would be. So I went I went to college in, uh, in America, a place called Bloomsburg in Pennsylvania. And the closest big city was Philadelphia. So we supported the Philadelphia sports teams. Um, Philadelphia cheesesteak would be my um, would be my my death row meal choice. We we found a restaurant in London, uh, Passing Avenue, 
which does uh, delivery of Philadelphia cheesesteaks. So I used to go with it when we could travel during lockdown. My, my kids laughed at me. I put my Philadelphia Phillies shirt on. July the 4th, I made him Philadelphia cheesesteaks. <laughs> They're all laughing at me. They weren't laughing when the, the dad won because it was, it went, it, it, and, it, and it's, we had it a couple of times over like that and he does get asked for again and again and again. So Philadelphia cheesesteaks, maybe a, a buffalo wing on the side from from uh, from, from, from from there. It was, it's, it definitely reminds me of a, uh, I love. I I loved living in America. I, I I it was a good time to go, which had a good, a really positive impact on my life, and it reminds me of of, of, of that good time. Again, for the full American experience. Okay, who's your favourite chef? Um, this is quite an interesting one. <laughs> I would say so. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you chances. I, I've always loved Keith Floyd. And I don't know if he counts as a chef, but just the way he enjoyed what he did, and and in just he, and and I, I learned so much about the way food connected to culture from watching him at quite a young age. So I think, I think really, 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 I, I loved Keith Floyd. Now, actually I was thinking um, at the moment I'm doing a thing around what TV people watch before bed. And the chef that comes up most of all is Rick Stein and his programs for um, a pre, a pre-sleep, um, a pre-sleep viewing. So I'd say if you want to watch, watch a, a television chef before bed, Rick Stein, not Gordon Ramsay. No, I totally get that. Yeah, Rick Stein would, in the nicest sense, Rick, love you, but you would send me to sleep because I love watching your programmes and I dream about travelling to Istanbul for the weekend. Um, And it's comforting, isn't it? It's like a little cuddle. It's like a cuddle. (laughs) Here's a little foodie cuddle. Um, So your biggest inspiration... Um, and this is this is an odd one, isn't it? Because I think we, we we so I I've had lots of inspiration in my life. I think my grand both my grand my grandpa and my granddad were very inspirational. One was a uh, was was in the in the Second World War in the Navy. My grandpa set up a was from the Ruffy Street in Rotherham and kind of set up a, a a bed company off the back of picking up bits of wood and selling them as Tim. He was always very inspirational to me. Mum and dad, you know, very inspirational. They. Um, there were two 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 kids from Rotherham. They went to they went on holiday. They did things like going on holiday to, in Russia in nineteen seventy seven. They, they weren't they weren't constrained by coming from like Rotherham. You're often constrained by the expectation of where you're from. And they taught me, it, you know, that you can do what you, you know you can you can do what you want. You can do anything. And I think probably my biggest inspiration is probably uh, Mrs. Sleepy. She uh, she, uh, she she I'm inspired by the way she puts up with me and and the way my brain works a lot of the time. And, and when I met Mrs. Sleepy, I was a a, a man who could talk quite well and had some knowledge about sleep, but didn't really know what to do with it. And she, she knocked that into, into place. And she, you know, she, we, we work together. We, um, we, we live together. We bring up our kids together and, uh, and, and we, we, when one of us is not there, we do miss each other. So I think, I think, and she, and the way she looks at the world inspires me. She, she's, we, we have a good yin and yang. The things I'm good at, she's not so good at the things uh, she's good at, I'm not so good at. And to your earlier point, when you're in the same bed as somebody who is your yin to your, like, your yang, you sleep well, right? And that's a really important... Oh, yeah. And, and it is, when I'm sleeping, I, 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 when I don't sleep uh, next to Kelly, I actually take a perfume with me and spray it on the, on the, on the, on the pillow in the hotel and give it a cuddle before bed because yeah. it reminds me of her. <laughs> Guilty of having the T-shirt in the bed too, my husband's away. Um, right. And who would be at your fantasy dinner party and why? So I would have um, this. This again, really, I did. I actually this this morning. How many people can I have? Um, uh, about I would four, have, I, think, I reckon. <laughs> four. So I, I would start with. Um, I'd start with Thomas Tuchel, who was a Chelsea manager, and this is because I am. I am. I am really interested in coaching because I believe that what we do is about coaching people through a difficult thing, and his approach to coaching. Um, is really innovative and the way he approaches inspiring a group of people to to do things that are like pushing themselves to their extreme. I think often in sport, you have to do quite inhumane things, things that are difficult for a human to do. And I think he is, the way he does that is really interesting. And I think I think he understands well that, that the, the way 
but when you're not doing that inhumane thing, you've got to be human. And I think that that is that is really, really important. So I think he's quite inspirational. I would say Oprah Winfrey is very inspirational yes. to me. I've, I've a little bit, I think she, in terms of, she she has a story of of, of carrying on and keep going and, mm. and believing yourself. I think I might not always agree with the stuff she talks about around well-being, but she has, I think she's one of those people who, who if you're looking at a well-being, it might not be seen as a well-being, but someone who's changed, who's got people to think about their behaviours around their well-being differently. Yes, I think she's yeah. had a really big impact over the last 20 years. So I'd, I'd say Oprah Winfrey. I would say... James, uh, I'm just going to cut you off there only because we haven't got long left. And I want to make sure that people know where they can find out more about you. That's really important because after this conversation, I think people will want to get in touch. They certainly will want to have a little look at you on uh, social media, etc. So would you mind sharing with us where they can find out more about the sleep geek and how they can find out more about what work you do yeah so i I am the sleep geek i am on social media as the sleep geek on on all your favorite social media channels facebook twitter instagram and youtube Um, and my website is thesleepgeek.co.uk that's absolutely brilliant james thanks so much for talking to me today all about sleep i've learned loads i've got a page full of notes here um those of you that are listening live well thank you very much and um hopefully people will want to uh then download this and they can do so afterwards by accessing via apple spotify google and now facebook actually too it's called let's do lunch um we're on river radio you can search online um james thanks very much for your time today wonderful to speak to you i will get you back on because there's certainly things that we didn't quite get to cover i want to talk to you about alcohol before bedtime which is appropriate because the next show on after me is <laughs> all about wine so it's um going to be a good fun hour to follow um james thanks so much take care have a good afternoon. sleep well sleep well <laughs> bye-bye